0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Bike Tour Adventures podcast. Here's what's new. Just a few things to talk about today. First one is merchandise. I have finally set up the Bike Tour Adventures store and that's on the website at www.biketouradventures.com and then you just go to the tab that says store. And on there I've got hoodies, t-shirts, zip-ups, caps, polo shirts that you can buy and like sport some Bike Tour Adventures stuff. So if you're a fan of the podcast, it really does help. And... Yeah, you can order from Facebook, Instagram, and through the website. Super easy. I've ordered a few pieces for myself and my wife, and um, you can check out those photos on Instagram and Facebook. It can be ordered anywhere in the world and shipped right to you. Hey, That means that it's easy. Um, What's next? I just want to thank everyone who is supporting the podcast. And as well, uh, my newest Patreon is a guy named Alex Garcia Nguyen, and... I actually received a message from him and it was really, really nice. He told me that he was getting into bike packing. He he loves the podcast. And then he just happened to drop that. About 20 years ago, I was taught by a Master Corporal Panaski in the reserves in my reserve course. And uh, lo and behold, that was me. I wasn't a Master Corporal. I was a Corporal. Yeah, so we go way back. So Alex, hopefully we can, uh, we can touch base sometime around here in Ottawa. And if you have any questions, do reach out. And for everyone else, if you want to, sign up as a Patreon supporter. You know, it's not so expensive. A few bucks a month really goes a long way here on my end. Um, Helps keep everything going. Literally this month is the month where I have to pay all the the bills. Well, not all the bills, most of the bills for for the website and stuff. And you can do that at patreon.com slash bike tour adventures. I'd also like to thank Reinhardt for the donation through PayPal. I really do appreciate it. This is not his first time doing that. He's uh, he's a bit of a legend every once in a while and just happen to open my email and boom, there's a, a little deposit from Reinhardt. So really, really do appreciate it. And if anyone else is looking to do that as an ulterior means, uh, rather than using Patreon, you just go to paypal.com slash paypal.me slash bike tour adventures, or just Google bike tour adventures, PayPal. It'll take you right there. Next, the Bike Pack Adventures website has something like 33 or 34 roots on it now. So it's really growing well. I've kind of redesigned it. I changed all the colors and stuff because I felt they were kind of blending together and it was Kind of difficult, hard on the eyes to know what you're looking at route-wise. So I think it's much better now. So you can go to bikepackadventures.ca and uh, check it out. And if you're in Ontario or Quebec, there is quite a selection of routes to choose from. And if you do have a route and you're in Ontario, Quebec, or anywhere else for that matter, and you know of a really cool route that either you designed or somebody else designed and you want to contribute it and just, you know, get it posted, you can do that through bikepackadventures.ca and then just go to the Submit a Route tab. Yeah, much appreciated. What else? The grand depart, the inaugural grand depart of the Canadian Shield bikepacking route taking place July 3rd in Chelsea, Quebec. So departing Chelsea, Quebec, the whole route can't take place in Chelsea. But departing Chelsea, Quebec at 8 a.m. on July 3rd is the Canadian Shield bikepacking route. And you'll have three distances to choose from. So I designed it as a loop, series of interconnecting loops. And you can choose the 400-kilometer loop, the 1,000-kilometer loop, or the 1,300-kilometer loop. So uh, there's a little bit of adventure there for everybody, no matter how insane you are or how normal. You can check that out at bikepackadventures.ca and go to the Grand Depart tab. All right, lastly, sponsors. I really want to just give a shout-out to my sponsors, Redshift Sports. I mean, if you guys don't know who they are, Google it. They create some awesome gear and I have a uh, online code for you. It's BTA15 and that saves you 15% on checkout. And they have free shipping for something like over 80 bucks. But pretty much anything you're going to buy is probably over 80 bucks. Anyway, so another really good company that I'm happy to work with is 7 Mesh clothing they are out of squamish bc and they make some really really good clothes and they're they're kind enough to give me a discount on it and i've really enjoyed the stuff i'm wearing and i've since ordered more stuff and you know so in my mind if i keep ordering stuff even with a discount it's it's got to be good because their stuff's not cheap but it's awesome and the next thing is in the aftermath of my interview with john hicken Uh, from Restrap, we kind of got to talking about my adventures and plans over the next year or two and they uh, they came back to me and told me that they would be keen to sponsor my activities and uh, my adventures and set me up with the the race bag set so yeah really looking forward to to that and more will be coming down on that in march but for the meantime in the meantime whatever. Uh, You can use the code BTApod10 if you are on their websites and you want to order some stuff and save 10%. Can't go wrong with that. And the last thing before I go and before we start the podcast is to let you know about um, Outdoor Gear Canada slash Opus. We have decided to part ways after two years of collaboration. And I mean, it's understandable. Supply chain's Issues have been abundant in the bike industry over the past, uh, <laughs> since COVID, couple of years. And they just felt that they were no longer able to, you know, properly support my adventures and support the podcast. And they were worried that they wouldn't be able to fulfill the, the needs I had for this coming year. And um, so they said, hey, we're going to step back and let you carry on and see what else comes up for you. And hopefully and possibly we might work together again in the future. But hey, there are no hard feelings. I totally get it. I mean, they distribute for a lot of really big companies. So obviously I'm going to continue to use a lot of that kit, such as my gyro helmet gloves and shoes, right? Yeah. No hard feelings at all. Totally understandable. It's, it's been a, it's been a messy couple of years in the bike industry and, um, yeah, it's part of life. However, if there is a bike shop out there and you guys are keen to collaborate with me, reach out. I would love to have a bike tour, uh, sorry, bike tour, a bike shop, uh, collaborating with me and working together. All right. That is it. On to the podcast. Welcome to the Bike Tour Adventures Podcast. I am your host, Chris Panaski. This podcast was created so as to share the stories of bike tours from around the world as they embark on amazing adventures. Through their stories, you'll be able to learn the ins and outs of bike touring, get insight into various countries and cultures around the world, and learn the pros and cons of certain gear, bikes, and bike setups. I hope you enjoy this podcast and that my guest stories fill your journeys with hours of listening. If you're new to the bike touring scene and considering going on a tour, I hope this podcast provides you with that extra little bit of motivation to make it happen. In the meantime, enjoy the show. In this episode of the Bike Tour Adventures podcast, I have the chance to catch up with Antonio Libuti, an Italian cyclist who has spent the majority of the past six months on a bicycle adventure throughout Europe. Antonio, welcome to the Bike Tour Adventures podcast. Thank you, Gris. My pleasure. Uh, Why don't you tell us about yourself? Where are you from, raised, and all that stuff?
1: Yeah, I'm Antonio from Italy. I am 36 at the moment. Uh, In my background, I studied university, business. uh, Then I worked uh, in uh, catering, restaurant. I lived the last 10 years outside of Italy, England, and Germany and uh, i love uh, travel that's uh, my basic uh, things i love travel and um, in the last 10 years i backpack around uh, the world uh, six months in asia six months in south america and a little bit of africa and oh, nice. um, Three years ago, I I had a bike and I started to combine uh, traveling with the bike. Okay. And uh, it's a great uh, way to travel.
0: And did you grow up as a cyclist? I know Italians love to bike. So was this something you did from a young age? or
1: It's uh, something new. Just uh, three years ago, I bought my first bike. Apart from when I was young, I had some uh, bike, mountain bike, but yep. uh, nothing uh, professional so it's recently just recently that i started ah, this okay. uh, new adventure yeah. um i i love camping i love uh, bushcrafting i love uh, uh in the nature so this the bike is the perfect ah, okay. uh, instrument for uh, this yeah
0: i saw that you actually built yourself a outdoor hut that survives winter and everything right is this something you did recently or was that a while back that looked freaking epic man it looks so awesome i I did
1: the last year uh, during uh, covid uh, restriction so i could go to the mountain and uh, uh, yeah slowly slowly i built a couple of shelter for uh, playing with friends basically Ah, for lunch or dinner spend the night outside just for playing uh, with nature
0: was it quite warm in the nighttime in the winter like did it hold the heat in? I had the fireplace mm-hmm. and it uh, was
1: kind of um, warm and yeah. uh, safe. For, uh, for the
0: listeners, I'm going to post a picture of this from his Instagram onto uh, the the website when uh, when I put the the podcast up because it's pretty cool a little shelter. Yeah. It's almost like a cabin. It's <laughs> cool. <laughs> so what part of Italy are you in? Are you from just for the listeners. I know you told me already. Uh, I
1: am coming from uh, south of Italy, uh, it's uh, from uh, Potenza, uh, it's uh, two hours from uh, Napoli, okay. in the mountains, uh, poor region, uh, and uh, little village, okay. so after school, I moved outside for uh, better future, oh. for studying, university, so not not from move. a mafia
0: family or something, huh no,
1: <laughs> no, 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 not really. <laughs> there is no business around here, so I don't think mafia is interested in this area. <laughs> awesome. So in
0: 2019, let's talk about your your first. That was your first bike touring experience. You said three years ago, 2019. It wasn't a short trip. Like you did a good sized trip through this first experience. So if my my first
1: experience was from Berlin to Italy. I was living in Berlin and I decided to quit my job and uh, traveling and um, when I was in Berlin uh, um, I I was going for weekend a couple of days uh, around the lakes and mm. uh, uh, with my bike so at some point I decided to do something bigger and uh, I just quit my job and I did one month and half something like this uh, for uh, reach Italy and the funny f- funny part was uh, winter time so I started in November and I arrived ah. for Christmas so it was uh, even more challenging and uh, I didn't have any skills about making fire or uh, uh, it was a big adventure and fantastic time uh, it uh, opened me a new world uh, and uh, cycling is like addiction uh, it's like uh, that drugs uh, you want more more and more uh, uh, yeah and after this uh, the year after i did uh, um, kind of uh, from south of italy to north of italy i did uh, okay the first trip was 2000 kilometers and the second one in italy was around 1000 something okay. another month and that's
0: it. Um, so let's talk about your first trip and um, what was your setup? How did you set up your bike? What was the, um, did you use traditionally with panniers or some other kind of uh, version?
1: From the beginning, I um, I use a bike packing method. So uh, f- front, uh, front bag. Uh, and uh, near the front wheel, two to bag, like yeah. five uh, yeah, liters. Yeah,
0: those were like um, kind of like a Blackburn cargo cage or something or a salsa. Yeah, anything. cargo cage. Yeah, yeah. Was with the cargo cage. Yeah,
1: and uh, in the back uh, I had what's the name? Saddle bag. Saddle bag, yes. And uh, nothing on the on the back wheel. Oh, okay. uh, so I had uh, something on the frame. Something like uh, like this uh, was uh, all the weight fr- was in the front, and uh, I think it's a, a good uh, a good setup. Okay. I I really enjoyed, it and I didn't have any problem. Uh, it's very stable when you go downhill. If it's raining or if it's, there is snow, I think it's a good setup. Mm-hmm. But I never tried my. Um, with the pannier, so for the future, I plan some pannier bag and I will see the difference. Yeah. If it's, Just uh, to kind
0: of compare mm-hmm. and get your own uh, ideas, right? With
1: bikepacking uh, stuff, uh, it's a little bit annoying, uh, maybe complicated if you need to take something on the bottom. Mm-hmm. You need to be yep. really, really organized on what you need uh maybe gonna rain so you need to leave the stuff for raining the jacket uh, on the top part Uh, you need to be really really organized also with the food if you forget some food on the bottom uh, adios you're gonna find uh, in a few <laughs> weeks
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually gonna scroll down in your Instagram and look for a picture of it so I can uh, ask you some more questions about your bike yeah I, I see your your bike has front shocks right so how did you hook up your cargo cages and how did you hook up your water bottles because I believe you also had two water bottles on the front forks right
1: okay that's true I got uh, four liter water two it's uh, uh, near the cargo cage I just put with
0: the um, was it like with i don't know the plastic tie wraps or was it with like plastic, the, me- the metal uh, ones
1: no uh, plastic uh, like for uh, electrician mm-hmm. uh, they just i put 10 over them and oh, okay. uh, it, it's kind of stable uh, okay yeah yeah the cargo cage that i bought was with the plastic uh, uh, stuff to fix it uh, was really big uh, after this, I used the even a smaller one okay. and uh, I adapted. Yeah, to it's not a big, I a big plastic
0: on. connector. Yeah, because I know some people will use the metal strapping that has like you know if you buy for like um, plumbing and pipes and stuff because you can tighten it up really well. But I think it's a good a good option for the future. There you go. We we don't stop learning. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. And yeah, because you're using a mountain bike, I mean the the triangle is a, in the frame is not so big and. Well, to me, it looks like you have a lot of bags. I mean, like you said, it's it's a real challenge to remember where every little thing is and to, to not forget a piece of food. At least you're in Europe. If you're in Canada, you'd have bears and they would find the food. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's true. Maybe it's, uh, I'm lucky. <laughs> yeah,
1: I want to try panniers uh, just for being more organized and uh, mm-hmm. try and check if it's uh, better or not. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I got a lot of bag on my bike uh, and my bike is a mountain bike. Uh, It's a cheap mountain bike, nothing uh, crazy expensive. Uh, I did already 11,000 kilometers with this mountain
0: bike. uh, There's some advantages to having a cheap mountain bike because when you're traveling, you don't have to necessarily be super scared of, if I lose this bike... I can't afford to replace it, you know? It costs me thousands and thousands, you know? So at least you, it takes away one fear, you know? Yes, true. What did you learn on that big first trip? I guess one thing was how to keep warm and uh, make fires because uh, it, it would have been pretty cold at night sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I found some snow and what I
1: learned? I learned that everything is possible, uh, even if we are beginners. I learned uh, how the importance of, of making fires, How to keep warm yourself during the night, even without fire, simply with the thermos.
0: I have a whole section of that at the end, so we'll save that for tips. Um, I I did see you had a good post about that, and I thought we could share that towards the end of the podcast, uh, because you do have quite Mm -hmm. a few awesome strategies. So, yeah. So, what else did you learn? Sorry to interrupt.
1: I don't know. It was everything new and was not really organized, probably, I had all these bags that were moving around, Uh, the setup was not the best. And uh, one important thing about me is that I never travel with other uh, people, so Whatever I learned was uh, by online research. Ah, okay. I had just a few days with other uh, cyclists, so I learned just few things from other people when I met them. But in general, I'm a solo traveler, and uh-huh. yeah,
0: so I'm still learning a lot. Uh, I don't know Every
1: day. <laughs> <laughs> yes
0: what kind of uh what kind of distance did you ride on average um, throughout that first tour you know the first
1: tour uh, I don't remember exactly but uh, around 60 70 kilometer okay not that much and I'm still on that uh, standard I'm doing uh, 70 80 also in the last uh, tour uh, okay especially during winter time we don't have too many uh, hours of lights uh, yeah. so uh, after six, seven hours cycling, uh, you need to find place where to camp uh, mm. or uh, shelter for sleeping. So That's a good point. the light uh, is the first thing that uh, decide how many hours I'm uh,
0: traveling. Uh, Fair basically. enough. The further yeah. north you are, the less you travel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you said uh, you said you did some wild camping. So. In Europe, did you did you camp in campsites at all or mostly just wild camping? And um how is it in Europe? Is it is it hard to wild camp?
1: Okay, in Europe uh every country is different, but in generally in general uh 95% of the time I'm wild camping. 5% of the time I go for camping spots maybe for a shower as well and mm. uh, be more safe. But in general in Europe you can wild camp almost uh, everywhere. Some country Pushing for wild camping, they like people, enjoy the nature. Other countries are a little bit restrictive, uh, so you need to hide a little bit uh, more yourself. It's not nice because you cannot make fire. The feeling is totally different when you hide yourself and when you are free to camp. Um, in some country, I slept in the park in the town, and in other country, I need to hide myself in the forest uh, oh, uh, far from uh, road. Uh, generally safe. Uh, I don't feel I I don't feel danger about wild camping. People are scared from animal. I'm more scared from human. Uh, so I prefer go to the forest. Uh, it's more safe uh, my point of view.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think in general, when you're traveling, your biggest fear is probably vehicles and maybe some of the people you meet, because you're not always going to meet great people. There's there's definitely bad people out there a question about camping and fires in Canada and the U.S. is quite often we have fire bans like where you're not allowed to make fires, especially during the like July, August. Um, you can use a stove to make a fire to cook food, but you're not allowed to have a fire. Very big risks of forest fire. Is that an issue in Europe? Is, is there a country by country where you have to like look it up and find out information? Um okay
1: no no I, I found in some country this uh, restriction during uh, some month but uh, in general dur- during winter uh, mm. it's uh, it's it's okay it's sick. Yeah. and i am doing a fire just uh, if i really need if it's really warm i don't really care to make fire for cooking i got my little uh, camping uh, camping gas yeah, yeah. and uh, so what I'm thinking is that uh, you need uh, be you need to be aware of what can happen and be clever on what you're doing. Uh, don't make fire uh, when you got a tree uh, on top of yourself mm. or uh, uh, with too many dried uh, leaves around. And I think everything gonna be fine.
0: Um, a little common sense goes a long way. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: In Europe, especially Northern Europe, you easily find. Uh, picnic area um, fireplace where you can Mm. make fire yeah so it's kind of easy and safe uh, for everybody true
0: true good points
1: sometimes you find even wood so you don't have to look for nothing it's very sometimes it's uh, like five-star hotel uh, yeah uh, we.
0: i lived in sweden for a year i know what you're talking about we'll touch on that (laughs) as we get towards that tour but yeah it's amazing huh so you did mention you've done some other touring, some bike pack Oh, sorry backpacking um I think you said through northern africa uh, South America and a little bit in Asia, why didn't you take a bike
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, nice quest, yeah I don't know now I would go with bike yeah. that time I was more scared maybe, and was not in my in my plan to travel by bike i was just taking bus or hitchhiking Uh, yeah for the future yeah we're learning
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm not judging but yeah these these backpacking tours i mean i guess they helped also to to make this addiction to travel right like this this feeling that you get when you're traveling and uh to want to see more what uh what was your experience like backpacking
1: Okay, Um, I got this addiction to travel uh, from uh, before. So, I mean, um, until 25 years old, uh, I was traveling just for weekend. After uh, that, uh, I started to understand that it was possible uh, traveling uh, without any restriction of time. I mean, uh, quit your job and you got your time until you finish your money. And then, uh, so I had this addiction uh, from... uh, from 10 years, let's say, and now with bike is completely different because it's even more cheaper and it's every moment is uh, full of adrenaline, full of uh, uh, discovering new places. And uh, without bike, we're missing whatever is happening between the two cities. Yeah. With bike, the main adventure is that part between the two cities. Then, I don't know, it's... Uh, it's a fantastic way to travel. It's uh, difficult to explain to people that uh, never try it.
0: Yeah. So did you grow up in an adventurous family or is this something that kind of just built up in yourself?
1: No, it's just myself because my family is completely against my lifestyle. Uh, I love adventure. I love uh, uh, feel alive. Uh, luckily, I... Um, I don't need too much money for be happy, uh, and uh, this make me uh, more adventure. Just uh, take car, take a tent, and uh, I can go for a couple of days somewhere. I don't I don't need uh, too much. So I love adventure. Okay. My family does. It. Yeah. <laughs> was like. your family
0: more traditional saying, Antonio, get a job, get a career, pension, all these things? Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. Get married and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah that, that was my background.
0: I did, I did that for, I heard that for 15 years and then I uh, finally got married and I moved back to Canada and now my parents are happy and now, now they have a granddaughter. So yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> okay. so they got their wish, but I, I did yeah. have my adventures definitely when I was younger as well. You mentioned uh, the financial aspects. How do you manage your, your traveling financially? What kind of work do you do to, to save? And um, how long does it take you to save for the next adventure? Mm, okay.
1: Uh, I was working for uh, 10 years in a restaurant. Uh, and I'm a kitchen person. I was working uh, in a big company. Uh, like a kitchen manager. Uh, I loved my job, but uh, was uh, I couldn't continue to do both. I couldn't mm-hmm. continue to work and traveling, so I decided to quit it. So what? I worked a lot in the last 10 years and um, Italian way to living is about saving, saving, saving for the future. Uh, we always uh, scared, we are always scared from what's gonna happen tomorrow. And so I was saving, saving, saving until one point that I told myself, stop working. You got enough money. Ah, Enjoy for a couple of years. Something like this. It's very cheap. I'm traveling around with ten dollar a day kind of fifteen dollar a day included uh, everything uh, even some ferry or uh, some uh, restaurant or some drinks uh, whatever i need Uh, we always thinking that we need too much money so much money for traveling but it's uh, not like this Uh, i met people traveling without money just uh, doing some job here and there i was lucky that i could just travel i had to save save money for uh, doing it yeah for the future i'm I'm thinking about, um, uh I some uh, to make some ac- account for uh, receiving donation. Mm-hmm. We never know if, if what we're doing, maybe other people uh, like as well, maybe we can continue yeah. with some donation uh, in this way. But uh, I don't know, I didn't I've... try yet. I didn't start yet, so I don't know. For the moment, I'm living on saving. And luckily in this moment, I am at a family house, so I don't pay the mm-hmm. rent. I don't I don't have a car, so I don't pay nothing uh, to my car. I, I don't have nothing at the moment, uh, so I what I'm paying is uh, 10 euros for uh, phone, uh, top-up for uh, phone, uh, and that's it. Okay. Uh,
0: I, I mean, I've seen people on all kinds of different budgets come through this podcast. I had some people that they their budget was 50 euros a day, and they had figured it out that they had enough money for <laughs> one year and they wanted to spend this 50 euros and experience everything and i've i've i interviewed two french guys once in the early early days of the podcast in cambodia that they had budgeted 5 euros a day total for the two of them so 2 euros for accommodation 3 euros for food and they're like if we don't use the accommodation we put it into a side budget so that when we needed a hotel or something we could always find you know so and, and, like you said, I've met people that have zero, zero dollars. You know, they'd sell postcards. It's amazing. everybody find the
1: uh, their they, way.
0: Uh. I guess the idea is that don't let money be the factor that stops you. if you mm-hmm. if you really want to go, you can find a way and and an amount that can probably work. You know, I'm not going to say one hundred percent. But, you know, you're yes. not going to go to Norway necessarily and travel for a year with zero money. But there are countries you could go in the other direction maybe and find a country where you could, you know, so...
1: I met even people that was were traveling in Norway without money, collecting uh, cans uh, in the street, uh, and then uh, uh, going on with that yeah. money from uh, cans.
0: Yeah, and my buddy Nima said on Sundays in Norway is when they... The grocery stores are closed and they throw all the food out Saturday night. So you just go into the dumpsters and it's all beautifully wrapped, super good food. And you can have enough food for the the whole next week. So you don't even have to spend money on food. So... Yeah. Just by dumpster diving in a clean country. It's not a dumpster. I lived in Malaysia for a while. I wouldn't dumpster dive there necessarily. But dumpster diving in Norway is probably different. <laughs> probably, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about your bike. So what kind of bike are you using? I, we did mention it's a mountain bike and you said it is a cheap bike. Tell us more about it.
1: I bought this uh, mountain bike from Decathlon. It's a big shop in Europe uh, selling uh, uh, sportive equipment. They're everywhere now. They're
0: in Canada too now. Okay, yeah. sorry.
1: <laughs> and I bought this uh, is uh, the name is Rockrider 520. I got uh, it from uh, 3 4 years. Um, I bought it for uh, go to work basically. I decide uh, I was in Berlin and I decide to stop uh, taking transportation, try to save this money and I bought a bike and I I was cycling 20 kilometer uh, go one way, uh, 40 kilometer a day for good work, okay. and it was very. It was a very good experience. Uh, get fit and uh, save money, big combination. Mm-hmm. So. After that, uh, I tried the first the first, uh, the first uh, trip. I tried with this bike. I, I was checking online. Everybody got uh, a gravel bike. Uh, there's one thousand, two thousand, <laughs> and I I said to myself, "Let's try with this one." Oh, and, okay. uh, so this is big things that I learned in my first trip that we can travel with everything we got. Um, mm. Uh, what else? then uh, Decathlon, it's everywhere, uh, at least in Europe, in the world, wherever. And uh, I was stopping uh, here there for uh, uh, check the bike, if something uh, some sound I was stopping. and uh, usually I had uh, serviced for free. okay. And from Decathlon, they always helped me with uh, everything I needed. Oh, uh, nice. so i'm 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 happy. in one occasion in Sweden, in Stockholm. They didn't want any money and uh, plus uh, they give me sunglasses and gloves uh, like a present uh, yeah. like uh, for continuing. Oh, oh, nice. That was amazing.
0: Because it's affordable and, and really the quality of their products is, I mean, not the best, but not bad. Like it's it's above average. Mm-hmm. You can spend a lot more money for a lot brappier gear, but the Calthon stuff is overall pretty good. And they're everywhere. They're in Malaysia, they're in Canada, they're in US, they're in Europe, they're... We probably have them. In yes, Ka- so probably have decathlon in Kazakhstan too. Mongolia, I don't know, but. Uh. <laughs> and you're still using the same bike, right? This past summer, you. I, used- I
1: still using the same bike. Uh, it's normal that I change the
0: some components, the gear, yeah. and
1: the cassette. I don't know the name in English. The, chain uh, and the basic uh, yeah. mechanic uh, yeah. stuff. And uh, it's chi- it's cheap for the bike.
0: Have you had any major issues? Any major mechanical problems? Not really. That's amazing. So, you, and you've done like you said, like fifteen thousand kilometers or so on this bike now. And
1: yeah, a, a bit a bit less than fifteen. But okay. uh, yeah, generally, generally was everything fine. Um, I don't remember nothing that I couldn't mm. uh, fix by
0: myself. Let me ask you one more. Um, why why a mountain bike and not um, something more? A road or touring style because i know decathlon has quite a good selection um what made you decide okay i want front suspension i want big fat tires um any reasons uh,
1: when i bought it
0: uh, i i want to explore around
1: berlin and uh, it's full of lakes and mm. uh, off-road uh, in general okay. so i decide for mountain bike plus when i when i was child i had all the time a mountain bike because i'm coming from a mountain and uh, I, I went for it just uh, for experience background. Let's so say like around
0: Berlin, there's actually a lot of like gravel and dirt roads.
1: Yes, it's full of uh,
0: lakes uh, oh, okay. and it's
1: uh, it's kind of flat. It's not that hilly, uh, but it's nice. Uh, there are a lot of uh, off road park and um, it's forest. Good. Uh, it's Was very nice. Germany
0: can't afford to pave the roads, right? (laughs) That's good. It's good that they're gravel. Like it's it's harder and harder to find good gravel routes and stuff and away from paved roads because they just keep paving more and more and more.
1: Last year, last year when I was um, during the COVID restriction and this, I wanted to buy a gravel, uh, but was not available. You should wait for six months, it's crazy, and uh, was a big problem. So I said to myself, continue with this; yeah. it's uh, gonna be alright.
0: It's insane! It's insane. The bike industry right now—it's—and they're saying for at least this year, probably into next year, 2023, before like they the companies catch up with components and parts and all this stuff. So, yeah, as I mentioned before, you have a lot going on on your bike uh, with regards to your setup. I think even behind your seat, under your seat post bag, you have a standalone rack with another bag on it. Does that kind of help keep everything stable or you just needed more more space? Uh, yeah, for the uh, last trip, I needed more uh, space uh, and I tried
1: this uh this way for uh, put more stuff and um, it worked until a certain point because at oh. one day I, I break it and uh, then i have to buy classic pannier for the back uh. oh, okay mm, but uh, i did 5000 kilometer with it uh, it was written a maximum nine kilo probably i put more but it, it helped me a lot uh, i could put ten. tent uh, uh, i got tent, the tarp uh, ground sheet yeah. for the camping all this uh, stuff that can be dirty as uh, much as they want.
0: Uh, yeah. I excellent. once uh, I once did a trip uh, from south of Sweden to Berlin on a road bike with just that rack, you know, just a seat post rack, no other supports, and a little dry bag strapped on. That was mm-hmm. all I had. Oh. And, a, and a backpack because I didn't have anything else to take. So, I was, yeah, you can travel with anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: For the future, uh, I will put a uh, back rack and uh, uh, more bag. I already bought a 25-liter uh, bag for the bag.
0: Oh, that's that's uh, a good
1: size. Yeah, I wouldn't go for it, Isa. I'm a bit scared that I take too much stuff now because maybe going to be heavier and heavier.
0: Yeah, I, I think um it's a fine balance, but I think using 25 liter bags, which are smaller, uh, is a good mm-hmm. balance because if you put on 40s, you will stick in 40 liters, you know, and yeah, so just finding that right balance.
1: I like as well to
0: be minimalistic, uh, so I like to take just what I need. Uh, Well, let me tell you, two years ago, I cycled the west of Canada up through the mountains to to the north and then headed east as far as I could in about one month. And my bike was set up for bikepacking and I only had in total, I think it was about 8 kilos of luggage for 1 month. 8 kilos. So you can go lighter, you can go lighter. <laughs> I can do I
1: can do it better, yeah.
0: Is your bike I mean it's a mountain bike it has flat bars. Do you use uh, clip-in pedals or just normal shoes on flat pedals? Uh, I got
1: normal shoes, uh, trekking shoes, uh, and the normal pedals. Uh, I started with uh, both tire uh, properly for mountain bike. Okay. During my trip, then I changed the front one, and uh, the front one I put for asphalt. Yeah. And I realized that I was much faster, mm. and. Uh, I didn't lose too much in uh, stability or off-road. I could continue to use it. So I was uh,
0: happy with it. Yeah, just sometimes where you really need it, but then for the majority of the time, it's probably okay, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. With the snow was
1: a problem with the oh. front tire for uh, asphalt and it was more challenging <laughs> just pushing with the back one. And, yeah, but yeah, everything was fine.
0: Throughout your trips, do you ride a lot of gravel roads or do you kind of follow a lot of pavement or is it kind of a mix?
1: It's a mix. Let's say 60 asphalt, 40 okay. gravel roads then uh, it's depends from the country some country allows you to go off road other country you justify and uh, maybe too much sandy road or uh, main uh, main road highway depend from the places in mm-hmm. general but I like to be more uh, in the nature, and uh, I am not running. I'm not in rush during my trip in general, oh, that's so true. I don't mind if I do if I do 20 kilometer or less uh, and uh, enjoy much more the way.
0: Yeah, good point. What are some unusual things you pack that uh, not necessarily the average bike tour might have in their bags? I, I am not uh, materialistic so I don't have nothing uh, like little things with me um sp- special uh, hmm. Do you uh, do you carry any kind of special camera equipment? I know you said you like to take photography and I
1: I got uh, my I got Go- GoPro mm-hmm. but I'm not using that much. I'm using much more my phone for uh, recording and uh, make a picture uh, because what uh, during um, during my trip uh, I didn't General speaking, I didn't have too much energy, I didn't have too much uh, giga for uh, internet, uh, so I got a solar panel that I'm using uh, in a sunny day, and uh, GoPro take a lot of energy, so I couldn't use every day. Ah, oh, okay. Um, depend from the period, but I had a few, few periods that uh, for uh, three weeks uh, I was uh, in the forest totally by myself. Nice. And I couldn't charge my battery nowhere. Yeah. And I I had the period that every three days I am uh, home of uh, some uh, friend or uh, some host, uh, mm-hmm. so I could charge my 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 electrical uh, things. So yeah, I, okay. I I like make a video, but I'm not a video maker. Fair enough. Takes a I lot do of it work for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I got time for practice for sure, but. <laughs> Uh, I like to share uh, my experience with mm. uh, friends uh, and family, and uh, slowly, slowly with uh, other uh, followers in general. Generally, I'm doing for myself, and then uh, if people like, uh, gonna follow me. Basically, Fair. I'm not doing for uh, for be famous uh, f- in this
0: world. I do for myself. Uh, Generally speaking. Fair enough. Um, let's talk about your tour then. This past summer, so 2021, you decided to go on another big tour, uh, this time even bigger. You started in, I don't even know how to say it, Duisburg or in Duisburg, Germany. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Why there? And um, what was the destination? Oh, keep- what was the plan?
1: Okay, the plan was just to uh, go away from Italy. Uh, I was uh, here uh, for uh, maybe a couple of years during the COVID restriction and I I needed to uh, be free and I wanted to go more uh, north uh, as possible because uh, was summertime and in Italy it was around 35-40 degrees. Yeah. And I, wa- I, I want a little bit fresh air so <laughs> I, I told to myself go as north as possible. And then I was checking, um, um, there are some company of a bus that uh, can take uh, your bike. And I checked the longest destination uh, and was for Duisburg. And that's it. I took the, the bus, it was super cheap, and was 30 it euro. Free, and for, I did free for
0: bikes? Or? The bike was 9 euro. What company was this? Maybe uh, people are interested uh, in that. it's Flix, Flixbus Flixbus Flix
1: bus. Okay. It's a very cheap uh, company for uh, traveling in Europe. I okay. what I know is in Europe, uh, not everywhere in Europe and uh, certain bus got uh, a rack in the back that they putting your bike straight uh, in the back. Ah, like okay. uh, so basically, I have just to take out all my backpack, and that's it. Um, I could put my bike
0: there. Uh, and do you put all your bags bag in one big bag to, to put in the bus? Or? Uh, yeah, rubbish bag. Yeah, with my name on it. <laughs> and then that
1: it was my was my baggage uh, yep. basically. I did a few times with this Flix bus. Uh, it's, uh, I think, a good option for moving with a bike. Uh, okay. Because in Europe, is uh, not everywhere is easy to take on mm-hmm. the train. I never took bike on a plane, so I don't really know. But with this kind of bus, uh, I was uh, uh, super happy.
0: Okay, cool. So,
1: basically, I arrived to Duisburg. Uh, it's uh, six, 60 kilometers from Netherlands. And I just cycled uh, to Netherlands uh, because i love netherland i've been there so many times and i i I want to come back uh, in netherland it's a perfect country for cyclists Uh, maybe not the most adventure one because it's a really populous country Mm -hmm. Uh, so there is not too much nature in the middle between uh, cities and not too much uh, space for wild camping okay but it's a beautiful place uh, just uh, houses garden uh, town Uh, it's it's yeah it's beautiful place to just uh, riding
0: around i saw you cycled nine uh, sorry 600 kilometers through the netherlands i I really didn't know it was that big i I kind of assume you now cycled every road that they have no (laughs) uh what what did you like best about netherlands what makes it so great Before continuing on with the podcast, I just want to thank some of the Bike Tour Adventures sponsors. Bike Tour Adventures is proudly sponsored by Redshift Sports. Founded in 2013 by a team of mechanical engineers who happen to be avid cyclists, they've been focused on creating components that make a meaningful difference to the riding experience, such as the switch aero system, the shock stop suspension system, and the kitchen sink handlebar system. I've been using the dual position seat posts paired with the Shockstop stem since 2020 and have nothing but great things to say about their products. Use the checkout code BTA15 on their website to save 15%. Beginning in 2010 with environmental sustainability as a main focal point, Restrap has been in the bag making business for quite some time. Having used their race bag since 2021, I find their holster system and magnetic buckles to be extremely effective and truly unique. Use the checkout code BTApod10 to save 10% at checkout. Lastly, named after the animal that roams the Tibetan Plateau, Chiru Endurance Bikes was started by Pierre Arnaud Lemanga in 2009. After noticing the lack of endurance bikes on the market, Pierre used his expertise, know-how, and racing experience to create high-end carbon fibre and titanium bikes for the discerning rider and racer. Thanks, and back to the podcast.
1: Okay, what? they got beautiful beers and uh, I don't know. It, um, for cyclists, there is a cycle route everywhere. Uh, uh, it's uh, uh, you never cycle with car, so it's really um, it's a paradise for cyclists. That's uh, not
0: just Amsterdam, then. That's like the whole country, yeah.
1: Yes, it's all country, oh, wow. all country. Okay. Even a little village and uh, every uh, everywhere it's full of bike. Sometimes too much. It's a bit stressful sometimes because you got so many bike everywhere and you need. Uh, uh, adapt to new rule uh, and uh, yeah be careful everywhere but it's very simple for beginner mm. uh, for uh, cycling there it's uh, then i had a few friends and so i could visit them and uh, yeah it uh, that's it this was my reason for uh, for netherlands okay and i cycle all the east part of uh, netherland until uh, uh, the Northern Coast, I believe, right? Yeah, the Northern coast. And then basically, from the Northern coast, I continue to Germany, mm-hmm. uh, northern Germany, just uh, I don't know how many kilometers I did there, maybe four hundred. Uh, generally i I was not um, running, so I would my my way was more zigzagging everywhere. If I, I like some places, I was just uh, going and coming back on the road.
0: I was not in Russia, basically. You skipped like the bigger place like Hamburg I think, right? You didn't uh...
1: Yes, I don't like to go to the cities uh, in general <laughs> with a bike. Mm-hmm. So I prefer uh, I I I skipped uh, Hamburg uh, in Germany. I went uh, to Nord Bremen uh, Bremenhaven mm-hmm. and then from a uh, li- uh, little town on the coast I took a ferry for another part of Germany, mm, like one hour ferry for uh, I don't remember name of uh, cities. Uh, yeah, and then I continue north to Netherlands. Uh, no, Netherlands, Denmark. Yeah, Denmark is a fantastic country for wild, uh, wild camping, wildlife, nature in general. It's full of forest, island, uh, seaside. Um, it's full of a shelter where uh, you can just uh, sleeping uh, there. Uh, and make fire most of the time.
0: Yeah, because they have the fire pits, they have firewood, they have like running water, a lot of them. Mm-hmm, yeah, so it's uh, easy
1: and uh, beautiful to be there because uh, yeah, it's in Germany was not legal uh, camping, uh, wild camping and also in Netherlands. So I arrived to Denmark that I was like super welcome from uh, the wildlife basically. Yeah, yeah. Denmark as well is a very populous uh, country. So there is not too much wild, uh, like uh, in uh, Sweden or Finland. Yeah, uh, Sweden or Finland are uh, much more uh, green. Uh, there are a lot of kilometers between the cities. Uh, you can get really lost in the in the forest. Uh, what else?
0: When I cycled through Denmark, because I cycled from Sweden to Germany um, to Berlin, and I found that Denmark. I mean, their, their bike paths, they had, like, separated from the road a lot, too. Mm-hmm. They had these these huts, uh, maybe every, especially along hiking trails, maybe same in Sweden, every 25 kilometers, maybe, you could find a hut and shelter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they pay a lot in taxes, but the money seems to go to the right places, in my mind. Like. <laughs> <laughs> that's, true. that's true, that's
1: true. It's a very, very expensive country. It's one of the most expensive of uh, my experience. Yeah. yeah, Denmark and Finland are the most expensive that I visit. And uh, luckily, uh, buying a potato, onion, or beans, uh, it's cheaper uh, everywhere. You so lead, you got to and um, you find
0: cheap food. <laughs>
1: yes, uh, uh, maybe I didn't drink too many beers, uh, so I adapt myself to yeah. uh, to it. And the one fun, funny thing is uh, when I am in an uh, expensive country, I spend less money than when
0: I am in a cheaper country. Isn't that uh, country amazing?
1: Because, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy.
0: When I lived in Sweden, if you went to the corner store, like the little convenience store, a small bottle of water, if you had to buy water, was three euros. If you wanted to buy a sandwich, it was 10 euros. And I used to just shake my head going, what the hell? Like, how can it be so expensive? Like insane but uh hey <laughs> yeah. it is what it is i guess so <laughs> yes. what are some of the things though about like I'll, I'll say the nordic countries so denmark uh sweden you didn't do norway but denmark sweden and finland what are some of the things that are just perfect that they do just so well
1: for uh gravel road and uh, and uh, shelter around the the country they are perfect uh, denmark uh, sweden finland and estonia it's are uh, they're, they're the best country oh. for, uh, you, you can travel without a tent. I, I, I bought my tent after uh, this country. Estonia as well, also, yeah? Estonia as well. Oh, okay. They are beautiful shelter, uh, um, usually close with the door, uh, nice shape. Uh, uh, you, usually, you can find inside some uh, oil or coffee, uh, some pan for cooking, uh, wood, uh, Most of the time, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I I met some other travelers, some uh, other hikers. Maybe not all the time is easy to arrive with a bike Mm -hmm. because uh, some of them, most of them are uh, made for uh, hikers. So, yeah, uh, sometimes I had to push my bike really hard on the rocks, uh, take a bag of myself. That's
0: real bike. That's that's what bikepacking is. So, hey. Yes, yes, yes. Sometimes that's that's that, that makes right. the experience, complete. right? <laughs> Can I ask you, what was your route through Sweden? So I lived in the south of Sweden. I lived in Hesleholm for a year, which is um, about an hour's drive north of uh, the bridge. Okay. I I crossed uh,
1: from uh, Denmark, not from uh, uh, Copenhagen, but I crossed uh, a little bit north of uh, Helsingborg. Uh, in huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. To Helsingborg? Mm hmm and then I went up uh, until Gothenburg. Okay. So I did all the left left, coast. Right? Uh, left, uh, left coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, then from Gothenburg, I just cut uh, all the country until Stockholm. Okay. And then uh, it, it starts to be kind of uh, cold uh, and I decided <laughs> to to cut shorter my, my trip.
0: Okay, so if it hadn't been so cold, you would have kept going north more? Was that the plan?
1: Yes. Uh, During uh, my month in uh, Sweden, a lot of uh, people that I was meeting, they told me, where are you going? It's too late in the season. You're going to find snow. You're Mm going to get stuck. A lot of people told me something like this. So at some point, I get a little bit scared. Yeah. Uh, About my, I missed this before, about my plan. I didn't have uh, a proper plan, but I wanted just to get to Finland uh, from... uh, from sweden okay. my plan was going up as much as possible to go to finland
0: all right so if you could have you would have cycled right around the whole gulf right if you if time yeah turned.
1: yeah I, I so i didn't i cut shorter from uh, stockholm i took ferry for uh, turku yep. in uh, in finland so basically i cut shorter my trip and uh I explore a lot, a lot of uh, small uh, and beautiful country in the east uh, part of Europe uh, that I was not in the plan from the beginning. Okay. Uh,
0: okay. So originally you weren't necessarily planning for like Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. It's just that because you you cut off the Gulf between Sweden and Finland, you Baltic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
1: so and. then... And it was a beautiful uh, uh, surprise uh, estonia latvia estonia i love estonia from the capital
0: in finland did you try salmiaki no i didn't no it's that this uh, it's the very really black licorice that's salty it's either candies or they even have it as a shot a liquor and they drink it and it tastes like salt mm. and licorice it's Fucking gross! Uh, Finns, okay. Finns and Swedes love it. <laughs> so, so every okay. time I've ever been with friends that are Swiss, Finnish or Swedish, they're like, "Oh, let's have some shots," and I'm like, "No." <laughs> in, in 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 Finland, I did
1: uh, just uh, four cities. I did uh, from Turku to Pori in the north, Tampere. And the capital Helsinki. Okay. Uh, not that much. I don't know if it was 400, 500 kilometers oh, okay. uh,
0: in uh, in uh, in Finland. Beautiful city is Helsinki. That's one thing for sure. Like lovely.
1: I think it's a beautiful city for living. Very green. Yeah. Then I took a ferry and and I went south to Estonia. Capital Tallinn. Uh, beautiful, uh, beautiful medieval um, city. Very, very beautiful city. Yeah. And then I zigzagged a little bit uh, Estonia uh, because it was uh, full of shelter uh, and uh, uh, I like uh, cycle around and don't be scared from the cold uh, for the night because uh, you could make fire inside of the shelter oh, and feeling at home. So this feeling, maybe there are not that many uh, because uh, once I remember 130 kilometer uh, cycle from one shelter to another shelter so not that many like um, denmark for example yeah uh, but beautiful and uh, super organized uh, fantastic then the country is much cheaper how did you find the shelters is there a map every every country got a proper uh, website so in sweden you got one website in uh, finland you got another website plus uh, um, google maps if you type uh, shelter, sometimes uh, give you oh, option okay. for clipping. Uh, uh, Good to uh, know. Plus, I got uh, I got another app uh, that is from Czech Republic. Uh, it's MAPI-CZ. Uh, and um, if you type shelter, appear um, uh, um, most of the even a bus stop or uh, everything ah, okay. that can uh, cover you from rain or
0: uh, nice. Yeah, this kind of. So I had a few up. And that, that uh, check app is called maps.cz? Yeah, Mappy. Or Mappy with an I, yeah? Uh, yes.
1: Sorry about my English.
0: No worries. Oh, M-A-P-Y.cz, Mappy.cz. Oh, that's cool. All right. I didn't know about that one. So I'll have to...
1: In uh, in some country, it's, uh, it's working really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other, a uh, little bit less. Sometimes if you type uh, shelter, you got even picture of what you're going to find. Sometimes no. Uh, so, but all the maps are like this. Not yeah, every yeah. time you got picture. Uh, so you need a little bit uh, improvise, a little bit uh, trust.
0: Yeah, I know there's a lot. Um, I mean, it's good to have a variety of sh- maps. So like so a lot of people have maps that me... Um, on their phones mm-hmm. because you can use it offline. And then if you have Mappy.cz and a few other apps, you're probably good to go. You'll probably find what you're looking for. I'm
1: using uh, for uh, for uh, cycling, I go use uh, Komoot. Komoot, yeah. And uh, also there, uh, if you... If you check around your route, uh, you can find even
0: shelter or uh, picnic area yeah. or yeah. something. Uh, yeah, um, definitely. Come out and ride with GPS, you can find as well uh, what you're looking for. What was it like? How do how did the Baltics compare with the Nordic countries? Um, I, well, I guess you said like Estonia is very, very well developed with hiking trails and shelters and stuff. But how do the rest of the Baltics compare?
1: Okay. Uh, Estonia, Latvia Lithuania are a, a bit cheaper. Uh, it's cheaper than a uh, Northern country for sure. Mm-hmm. They are more um, Soviet country, more Russian style. Estonia, it's uh, developed because it's connected with uh, Finland uh, and it's developed. But about Latvia Lithuania, it's a little bit back uh, in the time, uh, more uh, countryside uh, life, uh, people are uh, totally different from uh, baltic country going down uh, it was a big experience with the local people mm. until uh, sweden finland uh, people are not bad uh, they are good people everywhere yeah but uh, they are a little bit, a little bit more cold and um, mm.
0: introverted
1: yeah yeah i um, uh, i never bought uh, water during my trip i always asking water to local people uh, anyone i found on the street yep. uh, in the bar or whatever and uh, in Sweden and Finland it was difficult to find people because there are one house, 10 kilometers, one house, and maybe you don't sit on one and you mm. cannot find the water. So in Sweden and Finland I was going to church. In the church, usually there is a cemetery and in the cemetery, yeah. usually there is flower and the water uh, fountain for, uh, so yeah, usually yeah. I took water in this way.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty well-known too, like cemeteries typically have a water source, so that's always a place to get free water. It's super, and also
1: shopping center. You find the toilet in the shopping center, petrol station. Oh, I thought you and, meant the, uh, the
0: cemetery is a shopping center. I was going to say, no, no, it's not.
1: no, no. no. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, And also, what in the eastern side of the in the Baltic country? Mm-hmm. I had. Uh, I remember one day I asked water to one man in the middle of nothing, and he gave me eggs from a goose, big eggs, oh, wow. like super big. They give. He gave me like uh, bread, uh, apple, uh, paprika. He gave me a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of food, and then uh, when uh, he realized that I. St- I had still uh, some space in my backpack. He, he came back in the house and he bring me more uh, apple or something else, some oh, other food, wow. or make my my bike full. And the funny part that he never smiled. He was so serious from the beginning when I asked the first woman and uh, until the last he never uh, smiled. Uh, but, yeah. A beautiful experience. He didn't speak yeah. any English. Yeah, it's difficult to speak in English in East Europe but yeah. in general. Yeah. northern Europe it's very easy. In the east, it's a little bit more uh, yeah. challenging.
0: Yeah, I used to live in Russia, so I speak uh, I speak some Russian, and uh, I could definitely handle myself in those three countries, particularly. But maybe not everybody will be happy with me then if I <laughs> if I speak Russian. Only maybe thirty percent yeah, cool. <laughs> of the population will love me. The other sixty or seventy will hate me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah that's true that's true and uh, another thing that maybe i forget during my trip i used a lot of uh, coach surfing as well Ah, okay after summertime, when it starts to be more cold i needed place to have a shower because during summertime just swimming is fine mm-hmm. uh, w- washing your clothes it's fine in the lakes and river but uh, from um, finland to south i I was uh, using uh, coach surfing especially in a big city where it is kind of yeah. impossible uh, camping and I found uh, fantastic people I'm uh, still in touch with uh, a lot of them Sweet. and uh, in in one case I had one guy that uh, he fixed my bike he took out some pieces from his bike and he put no on my way. bike okay. he made sure that I was uh, safe on my way uh, he changed me the chain or uh, something else. Uh, yeah, it was really appreciated that wow. time. And I, I love to be with the coach surfer because uh, you meet real life, local life. And uh, it's uh, it's totally different from going to hostel because uh, with local people, uh, you can do some experience that you never had before. Uh, before, I mm. don't know, uh, uh, family dinner or uh, I had some uh, um, stand up, uh, I tried the stand up a paddle. Oh, I, nice. tried, I, I watched the movie in uh, Russian with the subtitle in Estonian in a cinema. So, you know, little things that uh, you never would experience in yeah. uh, another yeah. you know, way.
0: And a lot of times too, like if you're with the locals and, and that's one of the beautiful things of warm showers and couch surfing is they, they know the places that are not the normal touristy places that you should go see, you know, mm-hmm. they might say, yeah, that that place is really nice and a lot of tourists go there, but come to this cafe instead or come to this restaurant or come to this, go see this museum, you know, so things like that.
1: Yeah, I've been to some kind of restaurant in Lithuania that uh, uh, it's uh, for workers Outside of a hospital or a big building, there are some uh, restaurants, but super cheap. It's kind of buffet. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and I experienced like uh, the local way to uh, have, having lunch. Eh? Yeah. That's,
0: uh, I did the same. In, uh, when I went to Vilnius in Lithuania, uh, I stayed at a, a little hotel, hostel, or something. We just said, like, where are some good local restaurants that are just not full of tourists? And they t- pointed us in the right direction. And man, was it good. Like, yeah, so good food. Uh, which country had the best beer so far on your trip? Best beer? Poland got a big selection. Ah,
1: Slovakia. I think that these are the the best. Uh, Slovakia, Czech Republic, and uh, Poland, I yeah. think they're the best. Which has the cheapest My beer?
0: Poland. Which has the most expensive beer?
1: Oh, most expensive, I think, was... Uh, finland or sweden uh, because you know how is it in sweden you in the supermarket you can buy until 3.5 uh, yeah,
0: alcohol then you need this, this a special shop for it oh what's it called system yeah the system was yeah. in sweden yeah yeah you you, you can spell better <laughs> um, i can't spell it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so
1: in North Europe I didn't drink too much, honestly. Yeah. Uh,
0: Eastern Europe I uh, catch up with, uh, with alcohol, <laughs> and that's why you spend more they money are, in the the, poor, the cheaper countries.
1: They are crazy about alcohol. You East Europe they are totally crazy. Uh, you need to careful with, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, what you drink, drinking. Um, yeah. So with that experience.
0: Yeah, yeah. So leaving the Baltics, um, you you said uh, Poland and then into Slovakia. Right, Hungary. I, I don't remember your route. Poland, Slovakia, Hungary, Croatia, Slovenia, Italy. So tell us about that that final part of the tour. Like, what were some of the the, the great things about uh, Poland, Slovakia, Hungary? Um. Okay. Let's
1: say that all my tour until Poland was kind of flat. I didn't have a big hill. A mountain okay. was kind of easy, easy riding off-road, uh, asphalt, wherever, but was flat. After uh, Poland, uh, there is the border with uh, Slovakia that mm-hmm. uh, it's um, like 1000 meters, uh, something like this, and uh, it starts a little bit uh, mountain over there, and then come back to flat in Hungary, and the mountain to Italy later. Ah, okay. in, uh, in Poland, uh, funny fact, I enter uh, uh, near the border with Belarus. Now there is a problem in Europe between uh, Belarus yeah, and right. uh, Europe about migrants uh, and uh, so basically I was sleeping uh, in the forest and uh, during the night arrived police uh, with uh, uh, lights <laughs> uh, and uh, wake me up what are you doing here passport and blah 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 not super friendly but i didn't know the situation i i didn't read the news for a month and i didn't know what was going on (laughs) so basically police told me all good all good Uh, just uh, try to be far from the border and it's better and this was funny and the morning after i saw so many trucks of uh, army like uh, big trucks, maybe I saw forty, fifty of them oh, wow. one
0: after the other. Uh,
1: looks like uh, war zone. I never been in war zone, but looks like a uh, big uh, war um, army army stuff. Uh, I was a little bit scared over there. Then um, Poland, uh, it's easy country. Uh, People are fantastic, Uh, super, super cheap. Uh, It's the cheapest place that I've been in. um, Oh, really?
0: Yeah, I was there some years ago, but it's been a long time. Very good food in the restaurant with uh,
1: eight euro. Uh, I smashed myself with eight euro in a few places. Uh, Fantastic people uh, through coach surfing. I visit uh, Warsaw and uh, Krakow, Krakow, uh, the biggest city on the east side. And that's it. I went south to Slovakia. The um, the border between Slovakia and Poland. The part that I did uh, it was fantastic. Uh, the best uh, 15 kilometer of my life. It's uh, over the just, Tatras. Uh, yeah, just in the middle of the Tatras mountains, okay. uh, on the river. So following the river, was kind of flat, and you had this 1,500-meter uh, mountain in the side, both sides. Uh, wow. be- beautiful, beautiful. It was sunny day, it was, yeah, beautiful. I was going really, really slow, slow, super slow, stopping everywhere for uh, making food or uh, picture yeah. and just... Trying to keep it uh, as long as much as possible. Then what? I arrived to Slovakia that uh, was uh, already cold. It was October, uh, something like this, uh, and start to be really, really cold. Slovakia is a beautiful country, but I couldn't uh, cycle uh, too much around because of mountain. I decided to go south. uh, Faster, yeah, just because it was mountain. Yeah,
0: they had, uh, they had snow early this year too. I, I know I have a friend in Slovakia mm-hmm. that I bike toured with in Canada a little bit, and, uh, he was out cross country skiing in November, you know, and he's like, this is not normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This time you were on the west of Slovakia, or yeah, west of Slovakia, east of Slovakia. Last time in, uh, three years ago, you cycled kind of more the, the, the west, right? Bratislava and stuff. So.
1: Yeah, you, you're right. You're right. Uh, the previous trip I did uh, the capital, Bratislava, that is close to Slovak uh, Czech Republic, mm-hmm. and uh, this time I tried to be in the other side. But uh, the reason was um, because I got uh, one friend who was living with me in England, and uh, then uh, he moved uh, to Slovakia because of uh, family. And basically, I visit him with his family in. Uh, East part of Slovakia.
0: Ah, okay.
1: So during my trip, I, for my experience, um, because I worked in England for uh, many years, I had, uh, fr- I got friends from everywhere in Europe, uh, everywhere in the world. Um, the beautiful part of England is that I don't know any British, and uh, so I <laughs> could, I could visit uh, these friends everywhere in uh, Europe uh, during my trip. And uh, most of the time, uh, I decide my road uh, just for visit friend uh, after friend. Nice. Mm-hmm. Then I crossed uh, to Hungary, beautiful sunset. I remember uh, sunset every day, fantastic. Uh, was also flat, a uh, little bit early in the north. Yeah. Uh, then slowly, slowly, I arrived to the south. I was on the border with Serbia, but... Uh, I, I decided to cut shorter uh, for Italy because it started to be very cold, <laughs> very cold, yeah. And uh, in Croatia, I've been uh, maybe one week uh, and another week in Slovenia. And uh, in the, the last week, uh, I had uh, snow, uh, big snow. Uh, was uh, oh, a yeah? uh, fantastic experience. Uh, I don't know, it's uh, scary to cycle in the snow but it's beautiful as well. I was uh, uh, crossing a point with uh, 900 meter and uh, in one day I just went up and down and I could experience all the level um, of the cold and all the old level of the snow, basically. It was fantastic. When I had to sleep, I was super lucky. I found an abandoned house and I could put my tent in this abandoned oh, house. So I had, I, I had the shelter, so yeah. And then I arrived to Italy and I just took a train for come back to my family.
0: And I think I saw that you mentioned like Slovenia is really not uh, wild camping friendly, right? Was it maybe one of the least wild camping friendly Um, or? uh,
1: Slovenia, Croatia, it's not allowed. It's like Italy. I do people doing it, but you need to hide yourself. So it's... There are a lot of mountains. Both of them are beautiful country, but uh, you need to be a little bit uh, outside and okay. a little
0: bit more uh, clever. Yeah, it's the same. Well, it's the same in Canada, unless you're like Canada's weird that way too. If and and every province is slightly different. Um, well, Quebec has their own rules. They're French. They make their own rules. But <laughs> the rest of Canada, if if you're camp, you're allowed to camp on Crown land, which is owned by the government, but only if you're okay. a permanent resident or a citizen. So, if okay. you're a tourist, you're not technically allowed to just go and camp there and, and, you know, put your tent up and stuff. Because you're not a Canadian or a resident. It's kind of stupid. But it's very cold, so I don't... It's not I don't so cold. It... No, Canada is like... No? I mean, in the, in the summer here in Ottawa, where I am, um, it could be 35 degrees. It could be 40 degrees sometimes. Okay, okay. In the winter this morning, minus 32. So... Okay, well... <laughs> but typically in the winter, you know, like minus 20 is... Fairly normal. Minus ten to twenty. Minus ten to minus twenty is quite normal. Um, minus thirty-two right now. It's just it's, we have a very very cold front coming through. It's not normal. It's not every day. But it's nice, you know. We got skiing and we cross country skiing, snowshoeing, yeah, yeah, yeah. all these winter things. You can make a hut in my backyard and, and live in it if you want. If you come, <laughs> I have a big property here.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> And me, by by my side, in this trip, uh, last week, I had the coldest uh, part in the last week. And I slept for a few days, minus five, minus seven, okay. minus eight, something like this. For me, it was like uh, incredible uh, to sleep. Uh, I didn't expect to sleep at that uh, kind of cold. But in the end, with uh, a little bit of equipment, a little bit of uh, idea, yeah. uh, you... We can find our way mm. everywhere.
0: And that's what I was going to say in Canada too. It's like you're not technically allowed to camp everywhere. But, you know, when you go through a provincial park, you just kind of go in the woods off the trail and find a place to stay for the night. And You just don't make a big fire. Don't make a lot of noise. And, you know, wild mm-hmm. camp, stealth camping. So we, you mentioned it at the start of the podcast and I wanted to kind of spend a bit more time on it. But, like, let's talk about your sleep setup and how it changed throughout the tour and um, and what you learned I start my tour uh,
1: summertime and uh, I start just with tarp, just a normal uh, tarp, a simple one. And I was uh, sleeping uh, huh, even on a bench, even uh, in uh, some uh, bus stop, shelter with a trekking pole. Mm-hmm. You can make a kind of tent from a tarp. So summertime, it's uh, easy to sleep with uh, just tarp. I started with the TARC just because I knew that uh, the northern country uh, had um, shelter. Okay. So, I knew already that for a few months I could sleep in a shelter, so I didn't want to carry with me the tent. And I bought the tent uh, when I was going down from La- in Latvia. I bought my tent ah, and okay. I, I, used, uh, I got uh, a single-person tent for three seasons and uh, work really really well it's uh, small enough for one person uh, you can warm up it uh, uh, very easy i'm super happy with it and i didn't expect uh, to uh, sleep at minus six in a ten uh, oh, in no. that kind of thing. about the sleeping setup i got um, i got two mattresses, flight table mattress uh, so uh, one is uh, uh, three quarter, so it's smaller, mm-hmm. and I use on the bottom. Uh, the other one on the top is uh, C2 Summit. Uh, it's very good brand, a bit expensive, but it's very good mattress, and I'm using it from four years, so it's oh, wow, okay. super good and super uh, small as well. It's uh, like a half liter bottle, so perfect for uh, bike packing. Uh, mm. Okay, two mattresses. I got uh, sleeping bag that is uh, Bergaus uh, from uh, minus nine until. Uh, Plus nine, so it's a big range, and it's uh ultralight ultralight uh, uh, sleeping bag. And uh, I got it from a long time, and it's
0: work good. And uh, on the, at the start of the trip, when you would have been in, um, in in Netherlands and Germany and stuff, would you just sleep on top of the sleeping bag then, or yeah, just on top? Because I'm assuming it's more top. than nine degrees, so you probably get pretty warm if you're curled up in that. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then what? I got pillow, flight table pillow. 3 euro, uh, super cheap, uh, work very, very well. Then what? I got uh, gra- ground sheet uh, for camping. Mm-hmm. So I started just with the ground sheet and the tarp. Uh, uh, after I bought the tent, so I still using the ground sheet, then the tent and the tarp on top. Oh, okay. I think that the tarp tarp is very good when you're sleeping uh, during... Uh, cold and uh, protect a little bit the tent from the cold and uh, if it's raining protect from the draining and uh, if it's uh, windy protect from wind mm-hmm. so i really like uh, having a tarp on top of my tent usually in the morning my tent was uh, uh, rarely was uh, yeah, wet from condensation and everything usually it was dry and i could pack it very nice good call yeah. So this, um, in the shelters uh, in the Northern Europe, I was sleeping just with the mattress and the sleeping bag everywhere. Uh, if I had fire or no fire, uh, you adapt yourself. In the coldest uh, days, uh, I, um, I fill up my sleeping bag with uh, all my clothes that, okay. that I didn't uh, use. And so the sleeping bag was uh, really small. <laughs> Uh, and uh, it was uh, warmer. Uh, so this is a little tips uh, for people that are going uh, somewhere oh, okay. that is really cold. I put all my stuff inside of the sleeping bag. And um, also during a um, cold night, I use thermos for uh, making hot drink. And if during the night uh, you freeze yourself, uh, at least you can uh, have a nice chocolate. At- uh-huh.
0: I found too that if you... You got to learn how to sleep without moving too much. Like if you're one of those people that tosses and turns when you're sleeping, it lets in. It just sucks in cold air from the tent. But if you if you can stay relatively lay on your back or stomach, but not move a lot, then you your body heat stays more in the sleeping bag. Okay, interesting. I heard
1: uh, I heard people that are doing uh, a little bit of exercise. Uh... Uh, before going in the sleeping bag so the the body is warm uh, and uh, you bring the warm inside of it i never tried honestly uh, what else What's something else
0: i think i saw something about you saying like bring all your bags in your tent or something like fill up your tent
1: i put a uh, bag on in my tent as much as possible my tent is very small so i got few places for put uh, extra mm-hmm. stuff but uh, inside of the sleeping bag, it's, uh, I think it's very, very important uh, to fill up the sleeping bag. Because okay. if there is too much space between your legs, uh, you get uh, freezing. Then, of course, you need a good jacket, a hat, uh, scarves, uh, good socks. Uh, about uh, good socks, uh, I bought one um, waterproof so- socks. When I received, uh, I just did a shower and uh, it, uh, my feet were uh, totally dry. Oh, wow. Okay. The brand is um, Seal Seal Skin, ah, something yeah, seal like skin. this. Yep. A bit expensive stuff, but uh, super uh, um, wind uh, windproof and waterproof. So in the coldest day when I was cycling, I was putting maybe two socks and this one on top of the other one, and it helps a lot. And I got from the same brand. I got also the the no bataclava. The, Ballaclava, yeah. And uh, waterproof as well, so during the mm. raining day nice. uh, is perfect and also it's going around over your jacket, so the rain is going uh, on your uh, oh, body, nice. not okay. going inside. Yeah, yeah,
0: not going inside. Okay, cool. For raining, I got
1: um, um, waterproof jacket uh, for hikers, Super good from uh, Berghaus, uh, good brand and good uh, equipment. And also I got pants for uh, raining. Because I was not in rush, if it was raining too much, I was just stopping for one day extra somewhere. Mm, So the big difference in uh, in travel is about... uh, Travel with uh, a certain uh, time, uh, uh, travel with uh, unlimited uh, time. Uh, yeah. Um, make, make the difference in the way that you wake up in the morning. If you're rushing home and uh, you need to do this uh, kilometer today, it's a different feeling that if you... I was sometimes in the forest in uh, Sweden and I found beautiful places and I stayed there two nights. I didn't care about cycling. I wake up in the morning, it was beautiful day. I was like, why I should live in this paradise? Uh, Mm. So yeah, sometimes. uh, You you did
0: mention at one point. You said you spent about three weeks not really going into civilization. Well, maybe like not completely out of civilization. But where was that? Was that Sweden or? Was in Sweden, mm-hmm. yes.
1: I was stopping just in the supermarket. So yeah. sometimes I was going in the civilization. But uh, generally I was sleeping in the um, in the forest, uh, in a shelter, and then uh, taking gravel road for the next shelter. Usually oh, okay. there are hikers uh, road for uh, I guess some path that you never go to the town or village, and that's it. I was just, uh, swimming every day, reading a book, basically. Nice. It was kind of summertime, end of summertime. And uh, so the day were long. So I had uh, so many hours uh, of lights. I could charge all my equipment. I didn't need society for that, uh, (laughs) just for supermarket.
0: (laughs) I'm not good in fishing because I saw people fishing. And uh, (laughs) so in that case, even not supermarket. Yeah, I interviewed one guy who carries a fishing rod with him on every bike tour, and he always stops. like, if I see a lake, I stop and I fish. And I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> you, you said you used warm showers and couch surfing a, a fair bit. Did you find it difficult to find hosts as a cycle tourist? I use
1: it from, uh, let's say, five years, 10 years, uh, this kind of app. And uh, in the last tour, was a little bit more complicated because of COVID, uh, because people mm-hmm. are uh, a little bit scared to invite yeah. you, travelers, and house, blah, blah, blah. But in general, um, in the big city, I found uh, quite uh, everywhere because uh, I paid for accommodation in Stockholm uh, in a hostel and it was my only hostel that I've been in uh, all my trip and uh, few camping I paid in uh, Netherlands and Germany one time and the rest uh, I never went to I never spent money for uh, accommodation uh, yeah, yeah so, uh, so that's why the Trip was super cheap as yeah, well. Thanks yeah. to all these people that and I met on the road.
0: People. Did you have a lot of random invitations as well? Just people you met that say, oh, come stay. Does that happen on this trip? Or? Yeah, I found... Uh, uh, sometimes it happens.
1: Uh, um, once I was in Denmark, uh, just in the supermarket, after shopping, uh, packing my bike, and uh, one guy bring me home. I remember once in uh, in Slovakia, in, uh, in Poland, it was funny. I was uh, camping in a park and uh, two random uh, guys, 20-25 years old, came there and they were super scared from me. Oh, yeah? They were scared from the cold and from uh, people that stealing my bike. So they arrived in the park uh, with a with car and they told me, we don't gonna leave, we're gonna stay here all night looking after your tent and uh, this kind of things." But uh, after a few hours, uh, I end up in their garage. So I just packed my tent and uh, I went with them to their garage, uh, uh, drinking and enjoying the night and then uh, sleeping in the car basically. Beautiful. So yeah, I, I found some, uh, it was very cold night. So, so at least in the car, a little bit better
0: than outside. Awesome. And yeah. I assume that, obviously the, the 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 good experiences really outweigh the bad experiences um and for the most part i think when you bike travel you're going to have thousands of awesome experiences were there any like negative experiences throughout the trip that you know are frustrating but definitely not a game changer but uh, things that Okay generally
1: you? no i i uh, i can't say that i found only beautiful people uh, so basically maybe because of karma Maybe because of luck, I didn't experience uh, nothing uh, bad. I remember once I was camping in a village and uh, came to alcoholized men. That at the first step, I was a little bit scared. Uh, I cannot sleep, blah, blah, blah. But in the end, they pay me uh, drink and food. And uh, it was a super funny night. (laughs) Just once, I was a little bit disappointed. Let's see in this way i was um, in poland in poland is a uh, legal uh, camping uh, everywhere that is not private property in a little village uh, a really tiny village i found a picnic area it was uh, some benches and uh, even a uh, fireplace so i i say perfect and i stopped there uh, it was afternoon start to be dark uh, i start to collect some wood blah 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 at some point I saw two two people uh, walking uh, and I just uh, went to them for asking uh, if it would be a problem to sleep there. Just, uh, it's always good to ask local people, yeah. never know. So basically, these uh, local people, um, they didn't like foreigners, uh, they didn't like me, and uh, random uh, passed the one uh, police, police car. So I, I just stopped the police car, the guys, they were stopping the police car. Everybody was talking with police, Uh, everybody explained their reason, and basically, at some point, the police uh, told me, you need to come with us, take your passport, you need to come with us, and I was a little bit scared, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I went in the car, Uh, I left my bike somewhere, I went uh, with the car to another village with police, and in the car, the police were telling me, like, don't worry, you don't do nothing wrong, just People from village they never see foreigners. They are scared from everything. They don't want you here. Uh, but you don't do nothing wrong. If you want, you can stay there. They just uh, took me with the car for uh, calm down the people in the village. And then what? When we came back with the police, uh, I found uh, like 20 people waiting for me near my bike. Uh, It was like kind of a big, um, big, uh, big things for the village. (laughs) The police told me we never saw 20 people together in this village. (laughs) So they are all... All the cousins and aunts and uncles came out. (laughs) And they told me you can sleep wherever you want in Poland, but not here. In in the end, what I did, I just uh, took my stuff and uh, went to the next village, and I slept uh, near a school, near uh, oh, right. a uh, place. So it was just disappointing that uh, they kicked me out. Basically, mm-hmm. uh, usually when you are alone, you don't make too many problems because uh, you don't put music. Usually you don't speak uh, too much alone, and you don't make uh, noise in general. So generally i never had a problem but in this case just little things little experience <laughs> in the police car it was fun yeah
0: yeah so are you sad you didn't go to all the other countries in europe you know you skipped a lot
1: uh- <laughs> <laughs> um i am i know i'm just in break i oh, i will start uh, in uh, two three weeks i will start uh, again mm-hmm uh, I plan to go to east uh, east side, uh, so Albania, Greece, uh, maybe Turkey, and maybe uh, Iran, uh, maybe.
0: If you go to Iran, let me know. My wife's Iranian, okay. so we have a lot of friends and family around there. So, That's
1: fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So I planned this, uh, but my plans are changing uh, every couple of days. So. Fair but anyway, I'm planning to start cycling again. I bought uh, new bags. Uh, I start to organize better my equipment. Uh, I, yeah, I'm going to buy a new phone for make a better video. And uh-huh. yeah, let's see. Okay, excellent. For the moment, I, I really, I stopped from one month. And I really miss uh, be on the road, the feeling. I am lucky with my family, parents, so good. But uh the freedom that you got uh, outside, especially when you travel solo. Yeah. If you are with yourself, uh, by yourself, uh, that's... Uh, it's difficult to describe uh, the, mm-hmm. the feeling uh, that you don't find uh, in uh, in the normal society. Maybe this is my limit. I Sometimes I found it difficult to come back to the society. For sure. I do my trip 100% and my brain is 100% uh, somewhere else. And uh, when I come back to civilization, uh, I found uh, myself struggling. Yeah,
0: it it is hard. And I've talked about this before with people. Like your experiences you've just had have changed you so much that it's hard to make those same connections. Yeah, that's true. And also
1: I I met on the the road. I met... uh, two, three um, other uh, cyclists uh, and uh, now I'm in a really good connection ah. with th- this uh, these guys uh, and I'm speaking almost every day with them, but with my friend, uh, at least we don't speak about traveling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <don't know>. yeah. <laughs> good, uh, so
0: are you going to take a ferry to Albania and from the south of Italy? Is that the idea? Or?
1: Yes. Um, let's say 150 kilometer from my house, uh, there is a Bari and uh, from there I'm going to take a ferry. It's a one night uh, ferry, and uh, I am in Albania. Luckily, Albania doesn't, um, doesn't make any problem for this uh, restriction for COVID. I got maybe we, I, we need to talk, I, I got uh, all the vaccination, and uh, so during my trip in Europe, uh, I could uh, enter uh, everywhere I okay. wanted because in some country They didn't let you in if you don't have uh, vaccination, this pass, uh, COVID pass. And also in some country I experienced uh, that I couldn't go to supermarket uh, without uh, this uh, COVID pass. So yeah, uh, I don't want to talk about uh, politics. No, I I know. Everybody uh, do
0: whatever they want. My friends in Malaysia said that uh, in in Malaysia, you can't go anywhere without the app. There's a, a government app on your phone and you have to scan it when you go in places. Italy
1: right now uh, it's like this uh, yeah. without pass you cannot go to air uh, hairdresser or uh, mm-hmm. cinema or uh, supermarket yeah. still you can go without with vaccination yeah. the basic stuff
0: so albania where is your what's your plan do you know which countries you want to go into like montenegro kosovo macedonia any plans or just
1: uh, uh, I got some friend in uh, Tirana, in the capital of Albania, so for sure I'm gonna go to mm-hmm. Albania and then uh, there is uh, Macedonia in the, um, very close to it, mm-hmm. but I'm not really sure. Albania is a very small country, I'm gonna try to stay there a couple of weeks, so trying to go a little bit north and south. It's very cheap Albania and then there yeah. is Greece on the south. Uh, mm-hmm. Greece is a little bit more uh, expensive like uh, Italy. So I don't know I don't really know also the weather gonna tell me more uh, and I didn't uh, make too much uh, research about yeah. it uh, I like I like to just go with the flu, and then I check map day by day yeah. uh, if someone tell me go in that mountain go in that uh, city uh, I change my plan and adapt awesome. to it uh, better plan no plan
0: Yeah and and uh, by March Snow will be melting and it should be getting warmer every day, and then you can start rolling. Yeah? So,
1: gonna be just one month of cold, and after from uh, March, April, gonna start to be warmer, and I go to uh, Greece and uh, Turkey, for this reason as well, because it's gonna be warmer and warmer. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. Will you send some of your stuff home? Um, like, if you're carrying stuff to keep warm now, will later on will you just throw some stuff in the mail and send it home, or what's the plan there? Uh, pr- probably,
1: I will do something like this. Uh, yeah, but I'm uh, thinking, what if then I go 2,000 meters somewhere yeah. and Turk I Manistan, need to it, the yeah.
0: Panjir Highway or Pamir Highway. Yeah, who knows? It. So
1: maybe I will keep with myself just basic uh, equipment yeah. for uh, winter time. I don't know. Let's see later on. I love uh, I love uh, cold. I love winter. Uh, I like uh, summer as well. I like to be warm as well. Uh, so I'm trying to look for both sides, uh, for trying to find the right balance uh, between uh,
0: them. Uh, excellent. Antonio, have I forgotten anything? Anything you want to share that I've, I've missed? Oh, I think we talked a lot about everything. That was an hour, an hour and 47 it. minutes. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, so where can people find you if they want to follow your adventures?
1: Okay, I am um, you know, on Instagram uh, travel.it IT. IT. For Italy, right? IT. Yeah. Yes, that's true. That's my Instagram. Then I I got my Facebook Antonio Libutti, okay. Simple, my name and surname. But in Instagram I put all my video, and uh, you can find my trip divided by nation. I try okay. to be organized. Uh, for myself, for others that wanna wanna see it, one day I gonna maybe do something also on YouTube. I got a lot of video, a lot of material, but I need the time for work on it.
0: Yeah. All right. Cool. I will add links uh, to the to the website and, and to the podcast uh, hosting too, so people can. Find you. thank you thank you thanks for being on the podcast I, I saw i was following you and i saw that uh you were on a couple weeks or uh, between uh whatever on a break from the tour and i thought this is the perfect time to reach out mm-hmm. and i'm glad you could make the time to to do this interview thank you
1: thank you very much uh, for the experience with this interview it's one of the my first i think that uh There are a lot of people that like uh, bike travelers and uh, I feel a lot of appreciation Mm. from people. Uh, What I tell to everybody is just do it. Uh, Take a bag and go. Don't think too much. Uh, You don't need uh, too much for uh, enjoy life basically.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you Antonio and you don't have to hang up, but I will say bye and end the recording. So thank you Antonio and uh, talk to you soon. Bye bye. Thank you very much. All right. I just want to thank Antonio for taking the time to, uh, to do this interview with me. It's a big challenge when English is not your first language and you're trying to communicate concepts and ideas and express feelings and emotions. And it's really hard when, you know, at times you have to search for words. But really, I'm I'm not here to judge. I've lived all over the world. And no problem, my friend. Thank you for, for coming out and putting yourself out there. And that's for everyone else too. If um, If you do listen to the podcast and you're thinking that you might want to share your story, but you're a little shy or something, Don't be. Just reach out to me and we'll we'll make it happen and we'll do our best to to um, make everything as clear and concise and uh, flowy as possible. So thank you, Antonio. Bye bye and keep on peddling.